The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, starting May 8th, wherever you get your podcasts. Today is Sunday, January 26th, 2020. On this day in 1966, three children from a suburb of Adelaide, Australia, went missing, sparking the largest missing persons search the country had ever seen. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Today we're covering the disappearance of the Beaumont children from Glenelg Beach in Australia. Let's go back to the morning of January 26, 1966, to a small house outside of Adelaide, Australia. The sun cascaded down on the small suburb of Somerton Park, where the three Beaumont children played outside. Nine-year-old Jane, seven-year-old Arna, and four-year-old Grant. It was already brutally hot, only a quarter past eight in the morning, and the temperature was already creeping up past 100 degrees Fahrenheit. The children's father, Jim, was out of town on a business trip, but he would be back later in the day. Their mother, Nancy, was hard at work preparing for the annual Australia Day festivities. The children were having fun playing outside, but as the sun slowly crept higher in the sky, the temperature kept rising and they grew desperately hot. The three of them ran inside to talk to their mom. They wanted to go somewhere to cool off, so they begged her for money to take the local bus to the beach two kilometers away. It was something they had done countless times. Nancy was a loving mother and always wanted the best for her children. She thought that it was good for them to get outside and spend time with one another. She dug through her purse and handed them each enough change to take the bus to and back from the beach. She also gave Jane a little extra change, just in case they wanted to buy themselves a few treats. She only had one request for them. They had to be home by noon. The three children agreed, and Jane pocketed the coins. Nancy watched as Jane led the others out of the house with Grant on her hip. She saw them as they walked down the street toward the bus stop. The three children boarded the bus for the five-minute trip to Glenelg Beach. It was only two kilometers away, but the children felt the vastness of the world. They loved the freedom and they loved spending time with one another. When they arrived at the beach, it was busy. The heat and the national holiday had brought everyone out to enjoy the water. The kids were looking forward to getting to spend some time splashing around in the cool, crystal blue ocean. The three children stepped off of the bus and walked through a vast sea of people on their way to the beach each one of them a stranger. They made their way down to the water where they began to play. 
Jane made sure that Grant wouldn't go in too deep. She had to be responsible. Her mom depended on her to look after her younger siblings. They were having the time of their life, completely unaware that someone was watching them. Nancy was in the kitchen when she checked the clock on the wall. It was a quarter past noon, and her children still weren't home. They were usually punctual. Jane was responsible enough to get them home when they needed to be. Maybe they had missed the bus at noon and waited until the next one left at two because it was too hot to walk. But two came and went. Nancy grew nervous. Her husband, Jim, arrived home at three to find Nancy distraught. He assured her that everything would be okay and left to look for their kids at the beach while she stayed at home, willing them to walk through the front door. She would be furious that they were late, but relieved that they were in her arms. Jim parked his car at the crowded beach and began his search. He made his way down to the water but didn't spot his children amongst the countless people spread out on the sand, enjoying the ocean breeze. He spent two hours walking up and down the beach and surrounding streets, but couldn't find his Jane, Arna, or Grant among the vast crowd of people. He went home in hopes that his kids had returned on their own. However, when he pulled up the driveway, his heart sank. His wife was waiting for him, and there was still no sign of their children. She got in the car and they headed to the authorities for help. They arrived at the police station a little before six, still wondering where their kids were. They seemingly had vanished. Up next, we'll follow the desperate search to find the three siblings and the impact that it had on Australian society. Now, back to the story. On January 26, 1966, three siblings went out to spend a morning at the beach and never returned. Their parents, Nancy and Jim Beaumont, went to the police station mere hours after their disappearance. The search for Jane, Arna, and Grant Beaumont began in earnest. The police combed the beach and people began canvassing the surrounding neighborhoods looking for any signs that the children had wandered over there. It was initially thought that they had just wandered off and were lost, but as time passed, authorities became concerned that their disappearance could be the result of something sinister. Three days after the children went missing, a woman said she had seen the children walking past the local boat haven the day they went missing. Police drained it, and rows of military cadets waded through the deep mud, looking for any signs of the children. But they found nothing. Everyone in the town was invested in finding the three children alive. However, as the hours stretched into days, and the days turned into weeks, the children remained missing. With each passing day, the dread grew, and the local media became fixated on the Beaumont case. Nearly every day an update was given, but it always ended the same way. They were still missing. The public began to realize that the worst had likely happened to the children. 
No one could quite believe that they had gone missing in such a quiet, safe community. Parents around Australia grew more protective over their young ones and didn't let them go outside on their own. If it could happen to the Beaumonts, it could happen to their kids as well. The investigation seemed to reach a new stage when police talked to a few of the shop owners down at the beach. They had seen the children the day of the disappearance. They recognized them because they frequently went to the beach and stopped by. One shop owner, who had sold the children a meat pie, noticed that they were spending time with a man they hadn't seen before. The man had sandy hair and looked to fit in with the beachy crowd. He was tanned, fit, and wearing swim trunks. He was their prime suspect, and police quickly had a sketch drawn to release to the public. However, even after countless leads were exhausted, he still remained elusive. Months passed and the media attention never wavered. It reached such a frenzy that a world-renowned psychic arrived to locate the children. He was predictably unsuccessful, but not before he had raised the hopes of the Beaumont parents. Months turned to years and the Beaumont children remained missing. Yet Nancy and Jim never quite gave up hope that their children would return to them one day. They lived in the same house for years after the disappearance because Nancy couldn't think of anything worse than her children coming back to an empty house. She passed away in September of 2019 at the age of 92, still waiting for her children. The disappearance of the Beaumont children remains one of the most famous missing persons cases in Australia. Every few years, the media conducts its own investigation and digs up new suspects. The police might get involved and oblige the public, but ultimately, nothing ever comes of it. To this day, the case is still open, and the Australian authorities say that they will continue their search for Jane, Arna, and Grant. There is a million-dollar reward for anyone who can provide information that will solve the case. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories like this, check out ParCast Original, Gone. Today in True Crime is a ParCast Original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast Originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Andy Waits, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Carly Madden. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Robert Tyler Walker with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Hey.